Well, Trump is back in the news, which is great news for all late night comedians. Yeah, apparently they struggle to come up with joke ideas when Trump is minding his own business. Hey, Jimmy's and Steven and whoever you are, you're going to have to learn to branch out so your shows can become watchable. But the U.S. Supreme Court rejected Trump's appeal to have a special master review the documents that were seized during the Mar-a-Lago raid, which means more Trump news in the months to come. So, hey, rest easy, comedians. You don't have to write new material anytime soon. Well, Anthony Novak appealed his case to the U.S. Supreme Court this week. He was arrested after he created a parody site of his local police department. He sued the police officers who arrested him as they should have known parody is protected speech under the First Amendment. Now, how is that for a sign of the times? Our news is so crazy that people can't tell if it's parody or not. Well, let's, let's try parody news or real news. Let's give a go with this. Uh, the royal family has welcomed back Harry and Meghan in an effort to become more relatable to the people. They plan to start airing a reality TV series called The Royals. Producers for Duck Dynasty, The Kardashians, and Britain's Got Talent are all collaborating on this exciting series, which is expected to be released on Netflix spring of 2023. Yeah, see how hard that is? Parody or reality? Well, we'll unpack these stories and more in this week's debriefing of the law. Welcome back, Chris. I'm glad to see you're back from your visit with Uncle Joe out there in D.C. I hope you have you sent our, our warmest regards to him. I know he's busy trying to forgive everyone's loans. Maybe one mm -hmm. of these days he'll get to my house loan. I don't know. I, I went in on it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Hey, it's glad to be back in San or not San Fran, wherever you are, in Scottsdale. <laughs> How are things going for you? You know what? It's actually really, really nice here. We're now in like the early 80s, so winter okay. is here. All right. And it is perfect time. I have a tea time this week, so I'm really looking forward to paying $200 a round for golf again because I really I, get used to that $15 a round when it's 110 degrees. We, we got to talk here because I got the clearance from my bro that we are going to go down to Scottsdale for a golf retreat. Here mm -hmm. is the deal. I, I went and just I made some calls, and I found this one club yeah. there. I think it's called the 500 Club. I, I called my friend down there, and it's because I knew you were not there, my other friend. Yeah. And I said, hey, I need to find a, a, a golf course down there that's kind of like heritage from where I'm from. Your average run-of-the-mill course. It's not going to cost me an arm and a leg. So mm -hmm. I call up the 500 Club, and they said, yeah, the tee times are like, $55. I'm like, okay, that's that's not mm -hmm. too bad. So you know what? I'm planning on coming there around February, January. How much will tea times be then? Oh, $155. Mm -hmm. It's like, yep. oh, wow, wow. So yeah, I will be- yeah, uh, It's gonna I'll, be insane. Maybe I can just cut a couple of holes in your backyard and we'll just, we'll pitch and putt there. Will that, will that work? A hundred percent, yes. That's exactly what's gonna work for us. <laughs> There's actually a couple, no lie, there's a couple Airbnbs in Scottsdale okay. that have an irons course in the backyard, and you can rent the Airbnb for like 100 bucks a day. There you go. All right, so you well, could stay there and have a like a three-hole, four-hole irons course in your backyard. 
Well, we, let's talk here because we are actually doing this. It's going to be in January or in February. Right. I'm coming right. down to Scottsdale for a golf retreat, maybe around President's Day if we're doing it in February. Uh, mm -hmm. Martin, Martin Luther King Day, I think I got those two things mixed up, but whatever. Martin Luther King Day or President's Day, January, February, we're coming down mm -hmm. there and we're playing some golf. So make room Beautiful. for us. All right. Well, I would, I would avoid – Arizona around President's Day because that's also Super Bowl weekend where we're hosting the Super Bowl this year. Nice. Just nice. a heads up. Just to help out with your plans there. That makes sense since I know your team will not be participating in the Super Bowl. And so that kind of makes a little mm -hmm. bit of sense there that they could host it. It's not like we could do it right. in Kansas City because we are right. we'll be busy preparing to play in that game. But hey. You know what? More on that here in the courtroom quarterback segment. Uh, I was thinking about you this morning because I'm actually planting seed in my yard. I got to overseed my yard right now. We, we do. I know you yeah, don't. Yeah. Have to, I know you don't have to overseed your rocks out there. Your rocks kind of stay from one season to the next. But I here in Kansas City, we got two puppies this last year, which yep. has been a disaster for our yard. Our yard yes. looks like hillbilly central. We redneck central. I mean, we have like patches of mud all over the front yard so i've banned the dogs to the backyard and i am i'm overseeding well this morning i forgot to turn my sprinklers off and the temperature was 27 degrees so my entire front yard and backyard were icicles here this morning and so a little bit i know you don't have icicles out there in arizona but we mm -hmm. do out here all right so that being said, Chris, hey, enough of our small talk. Let's get to some real business. I know there's a lot right now in the world of law with attorneys gone wild. And so let's talk oh a gosh, little bit yes. about our attorneys gone wild segment. And so this, um, Chris, this, this first story I'm going to share with you involves this lawyer. Chris, sometimes as lawyers, you ever make this mistake where you, you talk in legalese and people don't really understand you because we have our own language. Is that, has yep. that ever happened to you? Oh, that happens all the time. All the time, man. When, when and it really comes out when I'm arguing with my wife and, <laughs> right. and I'm like, that is, that is clearly hearsay. That is clearly hearsay, Megan. You can't, no, we're not talking about it. It's hearsay. And she just gives me the blank. Like, I don't know what, what the F hearsay is. <laughs> right, right, right. And it, so. how about this situation? Has it ever happened to you where a lawyer's perspective on something also proves how demented we are, right? Like, like you, you hear some horrible accident that happened and you're like going, Oh good. The person is disfigured. That's really going to up our damages in this case. I mean, you just have a warped sense on how oh, you yeah? view certain things. Oh, for, I was actually at um, my pain management doctor because I have some issues in my disc. And he was talking about how he got into a car accident and his lawyer wanted to stay and keep him a couple days home from work. And right. I'm like, no, dude, that's how you get more damages, right? You missed work. <laughs> like your patients are in more pain. So that person is now causing emotional damage to your patients. Like, no, you got to, man. Take off the time. Take off the time for sure. That's right. Oh, oh, you broke your leg too? Score. Oh, yeah. All right. Done. That, that, that disfigurement is permanent? Oh, right. you know what? Money train. We just right. won the lottery. So, yeah. yeah. I know lawyers, we kind of look at things a little bit differently than normal people. So, with that being said, let's look at this one conversation between okay. two 
Illinois attorneys. So you got these two Illinois attorneys are, are talking back and forth. They're on the, actually the same side of the litigation team here. So there was a there's an auto accident. Someone was injured, and and this lawyer signed up this person as their their client. And so then this is what happened. Uh, the apparently this one lawyer asked for uh, some information from the client, mm -hmm. and that day an employee of DLG sent respondent, who's also the lawyer here, an okay. email in which he told respondent. The client is dead, so we cannot contact him directly. What does that mean, directly? I assume this lawyer speaks like, hey, we can't talk to them ourselves, but right. do you really think directly is needed? Um, you know, no, not at all. But now it like conjured like, oh, we're gonna bust out the Ouija board and we're gonna make sure we contact him indirectly and see what's going on. It's like when I go to someone's house and I ask them, oh, do you have a restroom? No, we have an outhouse out the back. We don't have a restroom. Sometimes you do say stupid things. I'm going right. to wish you would never say stupid things. But have you oh, ever done this where you're like, you, you, you're going to, you're, you're checking your luggage at the airport ticket counter, right? And, and they say, mm -hmm. have a nice flight. And you say, you too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Or you do what? that with a server. Enjoy your meal. You too. <laughs> right, exactly. No. So I know sometimes we just say things that sound kind of right. stupid. This one, I'm thinking that directly is not really needed. Right. Well, there's some more dialogue here between these parties. Ooh. And I so here, uh, the, the the court was then talking about the litigation strategy by these lawyers. And this is what the court noted. Respondent demanded that amount from TGIC for Moon's injuries and for future pain and physical limitations and for injuries which will likely result in significant arthritis. Chris, I, I know I'm not a medical doctor. Do you have any medical training? None whatsoever. Okay, let's just play doctor, all right? You, okay, let's do this. Travel recently. I am going to suggest that the arthritic developments are not that high percentage-wise we're talking about deceased people. I, I don't really think you're going to develop arthritis post-mortem. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I think you're, uh, safe bet. Definite right. safe bet. Definite, right. definite safe bet. It's like catching COVID after you die. It's probably right. not going to happen. So should a lawyer be seeking future pain and sufferings on behalf of someone who has passed away? Ooh. <laughs> now... Normally, I would say no, but but in the lawyer head of mine is there are some religions, some cultures, some people that require certain burial rites, and if you fail to do that, or if you okay. fail to if you fail to observe their autopsy rituals, or if you harvested organs after they were dead, even though they didn't want to, I could see future pain and suffering because there of that. But, but again, that's like the point zero one percent of the case, right? You know what? Maybe this is a whole new area of law. Like, hey, I, we do oh believe gosh, yeah. in the afterlife. Is so if you can prove injuries right. in the afterlife, maybe you can recover those, or your state should be able to recover those right. in the here or pre-life. I don't even know what you would call that. Well, I guess actual life. The, I don't know. All right, right one. Right. One more slide here from this case. And so uh, here, basically, there was a, an offer of a fifty thousand dollars settlement offer. So, but uh -huh. the context here is this lawyer 
was getting into ethical trouble. He was being disciplined for violating her ethical rules by making claims that okay. he had no basis to make. You can't act. I know we just were joking around. You right, can't right. make a claim on a future sufferings claim on behalf right. of someone who Who's died. Dead. And so this person is being right. disciplined. And this is what the, the court said. Respondent could not present the $50,000 counteroffer to Moon because he was deceased. So that's what they had a problem with is that he was of actually course. given an offer and under the rules, you're supposed to present that offer to your client. He could not do that because the client was dead. It's, I found it interesting. The court made point to point out the reason why he cannot present that counter offer because his client was dead. So Chris, that would be I difficult. Yeah. I mean, you could try through a seance, maybe some prayer. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Throw it into the bottle into the ocean or something. Hopefully it lands in Atlantis or whatever. I tell you. I I guess the moral of this story is when the ethics commission is coming your way, they're going to look for whatever violation they can find, and they are going to pin it against you. All right. It's now time, Chris, for our ethics quandary of the week. Now, I want to give you this ethical quandary this lawyer faced, and we can maybe discuss how this lawyer should respond. Okay, so here's the deal. The client is is a, is a criminal defendant and is in court. And okay. under our ethical rules, Chris, is it not right that we actually have a certain level and obligation to communicate with our clients, to inform them of, of things that we know that will help their case along? Mm-hmm. I think that's rule uh, 1.2, 1. somewhere 1. in there. maybe of communicating with your client, things like that. All right. So this client is in in court and he's telling the court, your honor, my lawyer over there, he's been lying to me. So then tried to articulate the ways in which the lawyer was lying to him. And then he turned to his lawyer and said, Hey, and Bob, I I forget the lawyer's name, but whatever. Hey, Bob, what were the other lies that you told me? (laughs) So that's what the, can you imagine? So you're the I, lawyer. Yeah, the that. client is asking you to offer up the other lies in court that you told your client. So how should the lawyer respond? I, I told the court that you were competent to stand trial. That's my first lie because <laughs> obviously you have lost capacity. All right. There you go. Uh, and so the, what actually ended up happening was pretty Gosh. much everyone in the courtroom realized how odd that situation was and so they all started laughing including the defendant who was asking the lawyer the question so the judge said i just want to make sure the record reflects that even mr jones himself is laughing at his own question and so right there there you go it's it's hard to capture humor in a court reporter right like you and you've done this we've done this at trial where we're being personable with the jury and we try to joke and I, i mean we're not like stand-up comedians as much as you are but we try to build that rapport with the jury right, so it's right. always it's always fun to go back i don't know fun when i have a case on appeal and i'm trying to explain why i'm making a jokes in line 16 through 33 so the court doesn't think i'm serious when i'm doing my appeal on those lines because you know that the other side's going to attack it and be like obviously you know, Mr. Marone wasn't doing this because if you notice on page five, line 17, he makes a joke about his, the guilt of his client. Oh my. I made a joke. Like, yes, we were in the moment. We, um, that, that is an interesting issue. When should you use right. humor in your legal right. practice? Is that a good practice to have? We actually mm-hmm. teach a class. So, Hey, 
great segue on that. We teach a class called Killing It in Court, you know, litigation tips from a stand-up comic. And so you can use comedy to yes. help you persuade. And, and look, check out our website if you're actually interested in that class. I think it is actually dangerous to use humor mm-hmm. in court. That's why we teach a class on it. If you do it the wrong way, it's great if you do it the right way. I remember right. I actually was involved in a case, ended up at the U.S. Supreme Court. where. So my client was, was um, uh, he was the mayor of this town. And, and so the other side basically used this against my client. So my client had someone up there give the opening of vacation before a town board meeting. That's why they were... Um, um, yeah, they, they were there's a lawsuit court, yeah. here, right? And, and so, after someone gave a prayer, the mayor then kind of joked, "Hey, maybe you should pass your hat, and we should do a collection plate." Okay, that's All a right. funny joke. I, I I got that joke. It's like, yeah, that's what pastors do. They always pass their hat and take an offering whenever they can. But right. the other side then used that joke. As if he were being serious. See, look, they even took offering during the uh, the town board meeting. No, they didn't take offering during the town board meeting. That was a joke. And apparently you did not get the joke. But sometimes it is. If a joke goes flat, then it it could be egg on your face. All right. Well, Chris. Yes. It is. uh, It is time for the Supreme Court. Uh, the, The Supreme Court has been working for, I think, four days so far this term. Four days. Rough days, intense days. It's so rough that they had to take two weeks off. So they're in the middle of a two-week break here because those those, those uh, four days just kind of killed them. Chris, you are an astute you're an astute observer, not half as astute as our listeners are, but you're probably seeing this picture saying, "Joel, that's not the picture of the current Supreme Court." No, nope, it's, it's not. It's not the current picture. So the Supreme Court, get on your ball. Get a new group, group right. photo taken. But hey, if things are busy because you're working too uh-huh. hard, no worries. I got you covered right there. And so you go ahead and use this photograph. I photoshopped oh, it beautiful. for you. And so we got our new right. Justice Jackson there. And you take out mm-hmm. the old guy. So hey, well, why not? Speaking of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court has been in session or they've been doing work yep. over the last couple of weeks, including... They took this as a moment in time to dump on Donald Trump. Chris, when are people, people going to stop doing that? Dumping on Donald Trump? Poor guy. When, he's, when he stops opening the door and pouring gasoline on himself and setting himself on fire and running into these buildings. You know what? He is already almost 80 years of age. Let We should have respect for our... He actually does look pretty good. I he looks say, good for 80, yeah. You know what? Let's pause right here. Alcohol, folks, is <laughs> bad for you. Donald Trump, you know, is he's absent. He does not drink yep. alcohol. He right. looks this good at approaching 80. Dude, right. can you imagine a world... In which Donald Trump actually drank alcohol. I don't even want to imagine what he'd be tweeting at 2 a.m. if he was actually a drinker as well. He's not a drinker. So if you want your hair to grow like whatever his orange hair has grown like, then no alcohol for you. All right. Well, uh, he came to the Supreme Court this last week metaphorically, Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, His lawyers filed a motion saying, hey, look, we want you to take up this case over whether or not a special master should be appointed to review these 100 classified documents. And so the Supreme Court... So what what actually happened here was, you remember the whole raid on his Mm Mar-a-Lago 
yeah. state, whatever. You call it a uh, lawful execution of a bench warrant, whatever raid. Mm-hmm. And they went and they took all these documents from his basement and then a couple yep. of the scorecards. And, and so Trump is worried about some of those documents. We don't know which documents he's worried about. We, I don't know. We, have, we can just speculate. Mm-hmm. This he'd been ongoing. He'd been having dialogue with the um, the National Archives for several weeks about these documents. So surely, if there was anything really bad in there, he would have taken them with him. I don't know, but nonetheless, they wouldn't have confiscated these documents. And Trump, as only Trump is one to do, how can I maximize the mileage out of this? And so he files a lawsuit in in federal court saying, "I want a special master appointed." to review these documents. And yes. my thought was the DOJ should love this. They should welcome this because by having a, a, a special master, independent person review these documents, that's going to look good for the DOJ because they're not going to get some fluke person. If there actually is a, a legal violation here, a criminal act, they would pursue that. If you yeah. just pursue this, it's not going to be well received by the, the public. So I thought the DOJ should have ran with this and taken it and said, hey, this is a, a gift from us. We're going to accept this gift. They did not do that. They appealed it. And so the 11th Circuit said, Yes, the district court was wrong. You should not be appointing a special master, handcuffing the DOJ. The DOJ should be allowed to review these documents and determine if there is a crime. And then the Supreme Court said, okay, we're not going to interfere with that. We're, yeah, we're not going to take not this case. This. We're not touching it with a 10-foot pole. Nope. Chris, do you agree with that decision? Yeah. I mean, there's if Donald Trump wasn't the former president, right? And this was any other case about stolen documents from any other workplace, we would not be getting this this level of scrutiny about it. And the Supreme Court is not about to get into the middle of a political battle between the DOJ and Donald Trump. They are gonna they're gonna stay as far away from this as humanly possible. And I mean there was no grounds. There was no grounds for Donald Trump to appeal that decision other than the fact that he could. Yeah, I definitely think this is the case. The Supreme Court was not going to touch with a 10-foot pole. They, Never. They, they shouldn't no. like to stay away from purely political matters. That's what maybe this appears to be. In other words, if this really is just some trivial documents. So like, hey, you, you took a, a file. We really want that file for because it shows you have a bunch of typos or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the DOJ actually pursues criminal charges. Guess what? There's right. going to be a price to be paid by the American public. They're going to vote that side. They're going to punish that side at the election, the, the ballot box. Mm-hmm. However, if this, there's actually something real here. So these are actually real documents, classified documents, and, and he just was letting them, you know, be haphazardly Chill. kept in his, his basement there with no lock and right. key. Okay, you know what? He's going to face the, the repercussions for that. And so, mm-hmm. again, they're, the, the, the Supreme Court was just simply saying, we went out of this and you right. can just go ahead and, and let this uh, case proceed. Donald, you don't live here no more. We don't have to protect you. Man, I, I do wonder if there's not a movement amongst the murky mud there that the, in D.C. that they want, they don't want Donald Trump to be back in office. They, they just don't want to go back right. to that time period. I don't know what the situation is, but you do wonder if the Supreme Court is saying, we're not going to help him out anymore. We just, we're just not. Right. I don't know. All right, next. Well, and I think... I, I really do think that the GOP learned from this is that Donald Trump's policies were popular amongst his base. That's why a lot of people held their nose and voted for him a second time. So if they can get somebody that people can high five and be in public with and take pictures with and fundraise off of, 
but still has the same policies, that's a roadmap to the White House. It is. You, you, you do wonder what's going to happen in the upcoming election. I know this is not a political right. podcast, but hey, it's our no, podcast. We can talk about whatever we want to. And so, right. yeah, I don't know what is going to happen. I mean, I am a, uh, I like to consider myself a conservative. Mm-hmm. I am really hoping in this upcoming presidential primary, you have two candidates. I'm hoping you have Donald Trump and someone else. If you have Donald Trump and 19 other candidates, oh, like what man. you had last time, he will be the next Republican nominee for president. It's You know what? You heard it here, not first, probably 10th. Everyone else is saying the exact same thing. You, you can't yeah, you do that. You, it needs to be Donald Trump and one other candidate, uh, or else I fear, and I, I know you don't want to give in to the, the other side, but I fear... Right that the media is just not going to treat him fairly, whatever you want to say. There's a, a, an anti-Trump derangement syndrome going on out there, and it's just people lose their mind over it, and then the issues get swept away. I'm not sure that's what this country needs right now, but I don't know. I'm not a political expert. I know you are, and you're, you're saying, Donald Trump, just sit this one out and let Ron DeSantis carry the weight. Is that what you're saying? I not going to get political, but, <laughs> right. but I'm going to say that Ronnie and Donnie should definitely like go start like a bar somewhere and just get out of public service altogether. There you go. All right. I uh, will have to see. Yeah, that's not going to happen for Ron DeSantis. You know, he, not at all. he's on the fast track up there, um, yeah. but I don't know. All right. Next case that the U.S. Supreme Court dealt with. So this, by the way, is part of the, the shadow dock and the things that they do behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is one where a cert petition was filed with the Supreme Court. And I just wanted to bring it to your all's attention because I love this oh, cert so petition. This is so good. Novak, the city of Parma. And what happened here mm-hmm. was Anthony Novak, who was a resident of Parma, Ohio, Created this Facebook page for the city police. It it was like, so if you went to the city's police website, he basically copied a website that kind of looks like that with the same profile picture, same, you know, Mm -hmm. name, cover photo, things like that. And so if you went to this, um, this fake website, it says some pretty hilarious things. So I like comedy. So I get I, I like when when comedians make fun of both sides. I'm not trying to be political here. It's just really funny. So on yeah. this fake parody website, it, it says this. It says that the the um, the police station was now hiring. Uh, it had a new hiring initiative, strongly encouraging minorities not to apply. I don't know what you, I, I, I would have to say that's funny. I know it's, it's, it's political, has right. racist overtones, undertones, right. whatever. The, oh, the police station, they're against minorities. So it's playing into that fear, which is not a good thing, but still, yeah, that, that's it. That's funny parody. Is it not? Right. You're allowed to tell jokes right. and you're specifically allowed to tell jokes about the government because that's several amendments that like, we've had this discussion, right? Social media censorship and all that stuff, but this is literally the the government being made fun of by a citizen that is in the jurisdiction of that government. This is everything that makes the First Amendment great. All right. So then they also posted on this parody website a no means no fair 
And in it's kind of like the gun Ooh. buyback problem. So in this no yeah. means no fair, residents could remove their names from a sex offender registry by completing a series of puzzles. <laughs> so I, I don't even want to laugh at this. I don't want to laugh. Because I, mean, I know it's, it's horrible stuff, but that's funny right nope. there. It's amazing. <laughs> well, and it's also clear that it makes it, that it's parody, right? It is 100%, like, there is no... No reasonable, prudent person would believe that you could get your name off the sex offender list by putting together this 16-piece puzzle. I know. It's not possible. It's not happening. Wow. And, and so here's what happened. Do you know who did not find this funny? The police department. The police department. So they basically... They don't have sense of humor. They lose that at the academy. Now, do you think any citizen actually went to that site and thought, oh, good, there's a no means no fair. I'm going to go you know what, though? this fair. I would dollars to donuts. Somebody did because they used to do the, um, they used to do that all the time, at least in California where I was from police would like call up guys that they think that they have warrants for. And they'd be like, Hey Joel, you want a 55 inch TV? Come down to the Salinas police department and pick up that 55 inch TV. We're so glad that you made it. You know, great. And the dudes would come to the police department knowing full well that they had warrants out for their arrest. And they'd be like, hi, I'm Joel. I'm here to pick up my 55 inch TV. And the sergeant would come out and be like, thanks. And you're in jail now. Wow. So I'm sure there's some people, but yeah, not the reasonable prudent person standard. All right. So then here's what happened. There is an Ohio law. Pretty much every state has a law like this. I did not double check mm -hmm. that. Don't cite to it. But basically every state has right. a law similar to this that makes it a felony to disrupt, interrupt, or impair police operations and so the right. police department said hey look this parody site that you have that is interrupting it's disrupting and impairing our police operations and so what did they what evidence did they have that a crime had been committed this website, website. was their Just evidence the and so that's probable cause they got a warrant and they went and they arrested novak for disrupting police operations this went to trial and want to talk about your banana republics this this is this is a banana this is a fascist regime all right so he goes to trial and novak wins the trial he is not found guilty of this felony and so he then files a lawsuit against Good. the police saying Good. hey look you're arresting me for engaging in my first amendment rights violates my uh, uh my, my free speech my constitutional rights they yeah. he, they brought a lawsuit well the sixth circuit said not so fast you see mm. the police officers will have qualified immunity so if you sue police mm -hmm. officers for damages they are going to enjoy what's called qualified immunity so if they violated the law that's not enough you have to prove they violated a clearly established law well, in right. this context, is it not clearly established that you have a First Amendment right to engage in parody and satire against your local mm -hmm. law enforcement? Yes. I, I would think it probably yeah. would. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of the times police agencies will hide behind, and I'm not trying to dog on all cops. I don't want you to think that I, I, I dog on all cops. But I think a lot of governmental agencies hide behind the fact that it was like, oh, it was just during the course of business. But this guy had to hire an attorney. He missed work. He was arrested. He was humiliated. Like, when you treat citizens oh, yes. like this, like, when you treat citizens like this and you, you cause them to accrue a lot of money damages, because it's not cheap to defend against a felony. Right. So, like, you should be recuperated because these guys got their feelings hurt over a joke that they were the butt of.
<laughs> so it's also interesting to note this Novak to so the police department to put a disclaimer on their own website. So you got the, the police department put on their website, a disclaimer saying this other Novak's Facebook page is a uh -huh. fake account and it's, it was a parody and it was not our account. So they put on their site that Novak site was parody and when it was not their site, they then deleted that. Well, Novak caught it early and, and screen saved it. So they actually had that as evidence. Yep. Like, no, 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 police department, you knew this was parody. How do we know you knew that? You put it on your so. website that it was parody. You so, you know, you knew this was not real. And then we had that first amendment, right? Well, nonetheless, the sixth mm -hmm. circuit court of appeals said this was not a clearly as this, this right. the law qualified was not clearly established in. here. Right. right. And, and so the qualified immunity kicked in and now is going to the U S Supreme court. Well, guess, guess who joined at the U S Supreme court who sided along with Novak and filed an amicus brief. Now, to you listeners, the out. finest news organization on the planet. <laughs> Not the Babylon Beat, though they probably should have. Oh, no, they could have. Exactly. The Onion. The Onion is known, onion. obviously, for its great satire. And so the right. Onion filed an amicus brief. So, listeners, here's the deal if you have two parties that are fighting a case, sometimes yeah. if a court rules on that matter, it might implicate more than just those two parties. And so if you're yeah. an outside group, not one of the two parties, but you're really afraid of how this, this a decision in this case might impact you. You can yep. follow what's called a friend of the court brief an amicus mm -hmm. brief. And so the onion filed an amicus brief and Chris first time I, ever. I am telling first you, time ever in the history of the onion. This is hilarious. I mean, this, I, I highly recommend Gold. you go ahead and download this. We'll put it on our show notes here. The Onion, read this brief. It is it is comedy gold. Let me just read a little bit for you, all right? So this is in the section at the very beginning where it's the interest of the amici. So they're going to say, hey, why is the Onion even concerned about this, uh, this matter? This is what the Onion wrote. The Onion is the world's leading news publication, offering highly acclaimed, universally re revered coverage of breaking national, international, and local news events, rising from its humble beginnings as a printed newspaper in... 1756 the onion That's now enjoys right. a daily readership of 4.3 trillion and has grown into a single most powerful and influential organization in human history chris i don't know absolutely absolutely no no lies detected no lies <laughs> here's the deal do you gorgeous think, do you think some lawyer is going to cite them to the bar for for lying to the court oh my gosh you know like come on like the very first page of this brief, when you read the name of the lawyers, you and that they're counsel for Amicus Curie, like it's some sort of client, and like, like if you like, come on, like the, look at the, the very bottom page, it's literally called Cockle Legal Briefs. Okay, that's at the very bottom of, like this, my I love this thing. I read it several times. I've read it to family. I've sent it off to friends. Like. It is the best thing ever. The The funniest part to me is that in the midst of all of this parody is solid law. Right. Well-reasoned right. well and solid legal arguments. All right. Before we get there, let's continue with the jokes because that's the part I actually oh, yeah. find most interesting. Uh, oh, it's hilarious. It says, the Onion supports more than 350,000 
full and part-time journalism jobs in its numerous news bureaus and manual labor camps stationed around the world and members of its editorial board have served with distinction in an advisory capacity for such nations as China, Syria, Somalia, and the former Soviet Union. I love it. I don't no, know. No, it's the next paragraph, right? The Onion's keen, fact-driven reportage has been cited favorably by one or more local courts as well as well as Iran and the Chinese state-run media. Like, come on. This is gold. This is absolute gold. You know who would appreciate this? Who's that? Scalia. Scalia would have yes. appreciated this. Oh, Scalia would have loved he, this. He would have absolutely loved it. He would have laughed so hard during all of this. He would have absolutely loved it. Yes, you're right. He would have cited to this in his opinion. It, it might have been a concurring opinion, a dissenting opinion. I don't know, but he would have cited to this. It would have been comedy right. gold, Jerry. Comedy gold. So there you go. Right. We will now. Again, a cert petition was filed with the U.S. Supreme Court, so there's no guarantee the court is going to pick this case up. Maybe they won't because they're going to agree with what the Sixth, how the Sixth Circuit ruled. I don't know. Maybe. But this issue of, of parity is extremely important. Do you have a constitutional right? And more to the point here, these police officers were probably engaging in some improper motives by even arresting this person right? right this is probably in retaliation for them making fun of their their police station and so mm-hmm. really she just hide behind the shield of qualified immunity and by the way i think the law here was already pretty clearly established so we'll have to follow this case and report on it as it goes and chris i just hope and pray that the onion files some more briefs along the way oh my gosh they are dynamite well- it's perfect for that. Like, this is The Onion's case, right? It's a parody website against cops. And so The Onion puts out parody stories about police officers, politicians, prominent people all the time. So I am, I love it. I love that they've stepped up and decided to, to send off this brief because it really does show, right? The court jester has always had a place right. in society. Always. There's always the need to make fun of those in power to bring levity to those, to humble those in power, to make them realize that they're not just the power they wield. And so I think it's incredibly important. And I also think that the cops should pay this guy for arresting, even after they knew that the website was parody. They knew it was parody. They knew it was fake. And they were just angry at him and arrested him. There you go. And this Onion Brief will now be front and center on my class on how to use humor to persuade these guys and knocked it out of the park. All right. Oh, yeah. Chris, absolutely. you're a young guy. I, I know you're a young guy. You're a young dude. Uh, and so uh, you probably are not aware of this person. So I might, might have to do some, some backtracking here and give you some backstory. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Paul Harvey was? Paul? Paul? No, I don't. Was he? He wasn't the. Was he? A, no. Hold on right here. Just stop. You got to be pulling my leg. I was doing no, that facetiously. A, you know Paul oh, Harvey. Yeah, he's a radio broadcaster. He's super popular. I was trying to diss on you, and you dissed on me. How's that for turn about his fair you play? Like that? All right. That's right. Parody. Parody. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Paul Harvey liked to say, uh, and this is the rest of the story, right? Right. At least, mm-hmm. at least that's what your ancestors told you about Paul Harvey, right? Or My maybe your, ancestors. <laughs> Google search told you about Paul Harvey. All right. Well, nonetheless, let's do a. Paul Harvey segment of this is the rest of the story. And so last year, the Supreme Court ruled in FEC, Federal Election Commission. I wasn't going to put you on the spot and ask you if you could tell me what FEC stood for. (laughs) Federal Election Commission, the 
Ted Cruz for Senate. Do you remember that Supreme Court case Raphael last year? Rafael Cruz, yes. All right. I know Ted Cruz is your boy for the next, oh. as the next president of the United States. More on that much later. Uh, but this lawsuit was about loans. So under the McCain-Feingold... Yep. Campaign Finance Bipartisan Reform Act. I just butchered that. Whatever. There's a law dealing with campaign funding and financing. And this law prohibited candidates from repaying loans to themselves in excess of $250,000. So let's say you Correct. loaned your campaign $250,001, so you could run to become right. city commissioner, and you are right. elected, it probably needs to be a federal position, whatever, uh, you are elected to that position, you could only repay yourself $250,000. You cannot do, right. you cannot repay yourself in excess of that amount. Well, he actually- We need to make a point here, hold on. And it doesn't have to be a cash loan. It can be in-kind donation. So if I run my campaign out of my house, I'm okay. technically loaning my campaign my mortgage. Okay. All right. That, that's so fair. I could get re so I could get reimbursed for my mortgage. Well, it had so, to be the percentage of your mortgage that actually was devoted to that part of the house that you use right, like your garage activities. Yeah, right. X amount of square feet in your garage, right. you get reimbursed for that. Exactly. Yep. Uh, or else it would be more uh, tax fraud. But, uh, so yeah, I, I get that point. It is anyway. <laughs> and so, hey, 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 let's not have any it kind is. of assessment like that. Uh, but <laughs> nonetheless, you're getting me sidetracked here. So to it, so there was this, right. this, this prohibition on, on repaying you over this amount. Ted Cruz did not like that. In fact, he loaned himself, I believe, $555,000 uh, to mm -hmm. run uh, first for senator. He can only pay himself back $250,000. He then ran again against El Paso Congressman. Uh, what's that? I forget that guy's name. You know what I'm talking Beto. about? Beto O'Rourke. Yes, thank you very much. I knew my liberal friend here would bail me out on your... Oh, favorite liberal poster boy. Uh, actually, my, my boy Beto. Who's higher up on the liberal, you know, uh, top 10 mm -hmm. list? Would it be Gavin Newsom or Beto O'Rourke? No, uh, Gavin's probably like, I don't even know if he breaks the top 10 right now. Gavin is very appealable in California. He's not really appealable to the rest of the country, whereas Beto is kind of appealable to most liberals throughout the country. Wow. Interesting perspective on someone who's going to be your next nominee for the U.S. president's position. But hey, more on that later. And so yeah. we, we talked about the Supreme Court case on this. As the arguments were that, hey, this, 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 this prohibition on paying you back more money, it serves a valid purpose of preventing... Mm -hmm quid pro quo kind of contributions. Well, the, the, the Ted Cruz argued back says, not really. How can I do a quid pro quo to myself? That was his argument. It's like, well, hold on a second there. That's not how it's really going to play out. Here is how it's going to play out. You're going to loan yourself. Let's just say a million dollars so you could win this seat. You now have a loan to yourself of a million dollars and so you win the seat and now all these other people come to you and say oh look congressman bob here is right. ten thousand dollars here's twenty five hundred dollars from our super pack or whatever and you can basically put this in your back pocket it's paying off this loan to yourself and so there is a little bit of possibility for quid pro quo nonetheless and and if I'm Chris Marone lending to Chris Marone for president, a hundred million dollars, right? Or a million dollars. Right. 
I only have to disclose that I lent the money to myself. I don't have to disclose where I got that million dollars. Okay. That makes sense. So, so that, that's a dark money pathway into giving monies to campaigns without disclosing who's giving monies. Andrew, so you're saying if, if I get money from whatever source, but it's loaned to right. me personally, and right. then I loan that money to myself, eh, right. I don't know about that. I think that original gift to you, if, if it's done in the campaign season and that's found out, that could be criminal. I think that, I, I see what you're saying. That but might be not, a murky area, but because if, I can, I can sign loan. I can sign private loan paperwork, right? Like I can sign to Joel. Joel's gonna lend me ten million dollars. I sign a personal guarantee to Joel. That's a business relationship. Okay. And then I can take that ten million and I can lend it to the campaign. That's a separate business relationship. I think now is a good and, time to remind people that we are not offering legal advice on this podcast, no, and so nope, nope, do not nope, take that to the nope. bank. Pun intended. But I see your point. There is a possibility right. there for some kind right. of fraud uh, to go on. Well, nonetheless. Right. Ted Cruz then took that as an opportunity. The Supreme Court ruled in Ted Cruz's favor. So Ted Cruz reimbursed himself $555,000 this last week. And as Paul Harvey would say, that is the rest of the story. All right, Chris. The rest of the story is where does someone who's been in Congress for as long as Ted Cruz has gets $550,000? You know what? Go That's talk- my next question. Yeah, go talk to uh, your buddy Biden, and uh, and I oh, think yeah. uh, he will. Oh, I know you- how Biden got all his money. He's he's a rich boy from the get go. He's always had cash. Like he's sold books and planes and property and all sorts of stuff. I want to know where Ted Cruz got his money. Well, he, he's never had a job in the private sector. He's not an author. Right. That's not John Grisham. He's written like three or four books. Same way that Obama got his money. Like it. I mean, there's ways around it. I just don't know that Ted Cruz knows how to read or write. So it's not like he wrote any books. Man, he's a Harvard Law grad. Uh, could be a Supreme Court justice. He is that high up with in the caliber of of academia, and it just ah, kind of surprised me. It doesn't look debatable. like that. I, I debatable. Know. I know some Harvard Law grads that. Mm, for every person who graduates first, an editor of the law review like Barack Obama, there's someone who graduates last and barely makes grades like Ted Cruz. I'm just saying. Now, since we're talking and dragging on Harvard, let's just do it a little bit more here. And so I oh, went. Yeah, let's let's beat up Harvard all day long. I went to law school at the Kansas University, the University of Kansas Law, and it's an amazing school. Beautiful. Great basketball. Absolutely top tier. Great basketball program. National champions. We are that. Right. And, and so. I took a contract class. Did you take contracts? I'm sure you did. I did. First year class. First class. First oh. class at law school. And I, our final exam, we had to do a lot of analysis of the Uniform Commercial Code. You see, this is a code that UCC, kind of regulates yep. all of business. And so we had, to, we had to analyze that. And we had to understand mm-hmm. the different rules in the UCC, what states have adopted it, applied it in different mm-hmm. situations. We had to show a pretty firm understanding of the main business code. Do you know what Harvard's yep. final exam was in contracts? Did they just wave at each other? <laughs> Here it was. Judges are bound by precedent. Explain. No. That's it. Nope. Nope. No nope. UCC nope. code. No understanding nope. of actual nuts and bolts of nope. the legal practice. Just nope. judges are bound by precedent. Explain. Nope. Hard no. Hard there. no. Nope. <laughs> All right. Nope. One oh, other no. one other talk here since we're talking about crazy stuff in the law. The um that that was a two week take home exam. Okay? 
Now, by the way, I, I did not go to Harvard. I got this from nope. our dean at the time that I went to KU Law School was a contract uh -huh. professor at Harvard University, and so he was telling me okay. the story. All right. So, nonetheless, uh, it was a two-week take-home exam. Chris, would you rather have a three-hour final where you have the pressure, but there's finality, or a two-week take-home exam? That's an easy one, right? Two-week take-home exam. No. I can hang out. Oh, no. I would you're, do the take-home exam off. any day You're of the week. way off. Right. I would do take – but the three-hour exam, like, it's how it should be. <laughs> I, I mean, like the, the three-hour. I like the pressure right, of being on. It's how it should on. be. Exactly. And here's why I also like it. You have three hours and it's done. Now, I am the kind yeah. of test taker that when I have a three-hour test, I am there until three hours and the professor says, put your pencil down. Yes, I am right, that sure old. I was actually told to put my mm -hmm. pencil down, not stop typing in, whatever. And so I would write until the very, very, very end. Um, mm -hmm. And so if I had a two-week exam, that's a miserable experience for two weeks. I am working yeah. day and night for two weeks. I would not want that. So I would give me the three-hour exam at the end of the day. I would much rather have that experience. All right. For sure. Chris, it is now time for courtroom quarterback. All right, Chris. So now Let's talk about how gambling's bad. And I was horrendous this week. Absolutely horrible. Chris, have you, um, uh, do you actually have a thesaurus? Could you have found a better, I'm not sure bad or horrendous really describes your betting prowess to this point. Do you have any, are you like taking some, as you, have you been talking to Calling? your wife? I think maybe your Heroing? dog, you know, here's what we're going to do for next week, Chris. I'm not kidding about this. I want you to make your picks next week. And then I want your dog to make picks. I want you to get some kind of treat out there. Have one oh. treat be one team the other treat be the other team and see which treat your dog goes for first and see if you can beat your dog in the picks next week. First off, <laughs> it was a crazy week. Okay. Like credit where credit's due. I may have had like one or two out of the realm bets, but come on. Nobody saw Tampa Bay losing. Nobody saw. Hold on a second. Let's, pa just... let's pause right there. I, I want to just I want to just rejoice in that for just can I, can I just rejoice in Tampa Bay losing because yeah. I I agree oh, yeah. with you I saw I was tempted I was not going to go there Tampa Bay was like a double digit favorite over the 14. lowly Pittsburgh Steelers fourteen I 14 wow point favorite wow fourteen points and then here's what happened Robert Kraft decided to get married now. No one knew that. In fact, people, I don't think even his friends knew that he was getting married there in right. New York City uh, to his mm -hmm. wife, a gorgeous wife. I think it's 30 years since junior. I don't know. I'm not judging on that. Uh, and yeah. so basically his friends showed up there, including one Thomas Brady. Thomas Brady. Showed yeah. up to this, these wedding nuptials. Uh, by the way, Belichick was not there. Interesting to note that. But So what did Tom Brady have to skip to attend these wedding nuptials? The final yeah. walkthrough with his team. The final practice where they go over their plays. You know what? Mm -hmm. I don't need to show up. I'm Thomas Brady. So he, he doesn't do that. Right. He doesn't fly with his team. Now, I, I guess maybe the team says, you know what? You're Thomas Brady. We're not. So you can fly mm -hmm. in your private jet. You would think that might have some ill will for, for his teammates, right? When you are right. living a sure. different life than the rest of your team, Again, so we had the situation where the Steelers were 14-point underdogs, and guess what? 
the Steelers not yeah. only covered, they, they won, won the game. They beat. They beat Tom Brady. Wow. He's retired. He's retired in place is my favorite term. Wow. I, I, I got to tell you. I'm actually feeling. Rough. I'm actually kind of feeling bad for Tom Brady. I, I, it's almost gotten to that point yeah. where I think yeah. people are starting to feel pity towards him. Think about how bad this year has been for Mr. Right. Brady. Uh, first of all, his oh. his wife is leaving him. That's again um, no, allegedly no official announcement, but he's taken right. off his wedding ring. The rumors are they're hiring divorced lawyers and they're definitely yeah. separated. There is no hate. Giselle's at the game with the boys or kids or anything, right. anything like that. And so she is living, I believe, in a different city, maybe even New York. Miami. Oh, Miami. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. And so they're not together. I hate that. I, I the, This is a real situation. Right. They actually have kids. And so you hate right. to see this. And it's, it's, his life is crumbling up around him because of his decision to play another year of football. It's like, Tom, do you know what you're doing? Nope. Well, maybe yes. Maybe no. Maybe, I mean, we're not in that marriage. We're not. We don't know what's going on. No. Right? So he, I just feel bad. Like, I hate when marriages fall apart, right? Kids need parents. Exactly. He's aging. End of the day, kids need parents. He's aging. He has no receivers. He is apparently gave, at least from the outside, he kind of gave up on his family to play football this year. We don't know that for certain, but we do know that right. the kids and Giselle are now living apart from him in a different city altogether. Mm -hmm. And he is barking at his teammates this last week. He, just, he seems yep. unhinged this year. And it's kind of sad to watch that in real time. But you know what, Chris? I wonder if he's trying to just win one more Super Bowl and then retire. Because he got so close last year. Right, he got super close last year, but then lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game. So I wonder if he's wait like he just wants one more and then he's out. I maybe. You know what? Who he knows? he should have he should have left last year. Do you remember how last year ended for him? Was it like wasn't it like field goals? Was I, that? I don't no. I don't believe so. It was against your boys, the Rams. It was against the Rams. And, and Brady had the ball with under two minutes left. He led his team to a uh, under two minute. Touchdown to win the game. I think there was maybe even a minute left. It was a it was an amazing yeah. finish by Tom Brady. He then went to the sidelines. Matthew Stafford came out and came then out. led. Cooper. Yes, he oh, led yeah. his team down for the win at the last the second. Tom Brady never went right. back out on the field. So his last right. movement was: I gave it my all. I led my team right. down for a score in the final two minutes of the game, and it wasn't my fault. The defense, outside of winning the Super Bowl. That's about as good of an ending script right. as you can write. For sure, for sure. And, I mean, how many times has Tom Brady gotten the ball with one minute left and ran it downfield and shut down another team? Right. Oh. So, I mean, it's just turnabout's fair play. So much so that I actually kind of termed this this uh, segment of the podcast the, um, the demise of the quarterback this year. I, I think that's oh the gosh. big story for this week. We are yeah. seeing this year these big-name quarterbacks just fall apart Collapse. in front of our eyes. Yeah. So much so that we have to ask ourselves, have we maybe misjudged the value of the quarterback? Let's start with right. Tom Brady. We've already mentioned him. He's definitely not the right. same guy. His team is not doing the same thing. He is 45. Aaron Rodgers. Right. Right, they're three and three too. Bucks and Pack are both three and three. He does not look good. He looks like he's a train wreck out there. I know he has no right. receivers, but it is not just. But Aaron Rodgers got he's got a hundred million bucks, so Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine. All right, well, it's not just, just those fine. two. Let's now talk about the real quarterback that was a bust. So, 
let's imagine, Chris, that you are going to trade for a quarterback for your team. And you give up, all right, two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, a fifth-round draft pick, and two players. That's a that's a, a rebuilding process right there. You are giving yeah, away. And it's, wow. Yeah. That is what, what is your future? That is what the Broncos traded away to get one Russell Wilson. Talk about buyer's remorse. Right. Yeah. Broncos country, man. Like, let's ride to <laughs> another quarterback because it's rough. It has been a it's been a hard start for Russell Wilson. Man, Just to say the least. he looks mundane. He looks average. He his Broncos are mm-hmm. two and four, and he is playing yep. absolutely just yeah. All right, whatever. Right. I mean, that's who you mortgage right. your future for is is a yeah is, is Russell Wilson who last week right. played such a, a horrible game. I think you're mentioning they're going to offer discounts to people, pain and suffering for watching it. Can, Denver not be in a primetime game for the rest of the season, please. I look, I love the game of football, but I am really thinking about like taking up tennis or something after watching Russell Wilson. There you go. Like I'm just, I'm done. You'd be a better man for that. And so pickleball or something. And, and and you know who actually got the better end of that deal. If it was a straight up quarterback, Seattle, Seattle, Yes, Gino. Seattle got the best. Oh my gosh, they got a future in front of them. Yes, Geno Smith is actually playing really well. They have resurrected right. him out there in Seattle. He was playing better than Russell Wilson did, and they got him plus yeah. two first round draft picks. Which, by the way, because the Broncos right. are now two and four, that draft pick is looking nicer and nicer. Right. Right. Seattle could have almost a first, like a top five pick. They're going to have a top five pick, a top 10 pick, and then a top 20 pick, and maybe even three picks in the first round. Wow. This next, this next draft. Like, how insane is that? There you go. That's this. Thanks, Denver. This is the tale of the demise of the quarterback. I have not mentioned a Patrick Mahomes because I, 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 I'm not going to go there. I do note that he, That's hard. he did not have his best game last week. The Chiefs, when they lost to the Bills, everyone else was saying what a great game that was. I saw signs, neon flashing signs of mm-hmm. this is bad news for you Chiefs players. Now, I, I'm not going to go there yet because I know it's early and I know our right. coach, Andy Reid, he's a second half kind of guy, but mm-hmm. I think this team lacks championship medal. It, here's what, here's, yeah. here's the scenery. This is the, you got to understand the Chiefs defense is absolutely horrendous. We cannot stop anybody or anything. And so we had a three point lead. Seven minutes left in the game. Chris, that is when championship quarterbacks go and they take that game. They win that game right, right then, right there. We know we have the lead, but we are not going to give that ball back. We have control now. There's no last second Hail Mary option here. We're going to take this ball down the field, score a TD, be up by 10. Do you know what the yeah. Chiefs did? Nothing. Three and out. That, mm-hmm. that was the game yep. right there. Don't give me the last drive, which was horrendous as well. Don't give me – we didn't stop them. We, we know we're not going to stop anybody. We had the ball. First and 10 with seven minutes left, up by three. We went three and out. That is the game right mm-hmm. there. All right, Chris. Of course it is. Let's go on to the picks for this week. And since I've been talking too right. much, I want to start with your picks. And so let's see if I can get the screen up there for you. Uh, oh, actually, let's go over our totals from last week. No, I went. Let's 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 just go right to the picks, Joel. Let's just go right 
right to the picks here. All right, let's do that. These are your picks. Go ahead and explain your picks. All right, so this is going to be my loser game right off the bat. The Niners plus three over Kansas City. I don't think for a sec. Like, I, my rational mind, my rational mind tells me that Kansas City is going to run over the Niners. You're, Absolutely run over it. I cannot say my how wrong. Mind, you are so wrong on that. You have a great pick you, there. You have a great pick. Do you think the Niners are going to go plus three over Kansas City? Absolutely. <sighs> I, all right, I'm going to do that. Then I'm, But I'm going to own it. Either way I look at it, I'm not high hoping on this one. Um Miami Tua is going to be back. From what all I've read is that Tua is back and this is his first game. Yes. So I think that I think that Miami's going to pick up a step. It's going to be a slower start for Tua, but I think he's really going to come alive in the second half against Pittsburgh. Even though Pittsburgh is riding high from the Bucks defeat, I think that's going to give him overinflated sense of self, and Tua is going to be able to to put up the seven plus on on um, Pittsburgh. I, and so they're going to come through. I did not pick it's that game. I did not pick that game for a reason. In fact, if I had picked it, I probably would have gone Pittsburgh. You know right. my love affair with Pittsburgh's coach. I think he is the probably Mike one of the, Tomlin is amazing. He's one yeah. of the best coaches. No matter how bad they start the year off, he figures uh-huh. it out mid-season. Did right. he figure something out last week, or? Is that just the Tom Brady, hey, you know, the, the Bucks were not focused, and so he got a gift right. last week. I don't know what it was. So I, I, I worry about the seven-point spread because I worry that mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin is finally starting to figure it out there in Pittsburgh for this year. It'll be good to see. And, and what? Like, I can't do worse than this week, so let's keep this, <laughs> like, let's get this going. Dallas over Detroit, that should be an obvious pick. It's Detroit. They're not exactly fantastic at the moment. Last time I checked, I think they were two. Two and four, I believe. They are. Detroit. They are a train wreck this one year. One and four. They, they, one and four. They are Detroit a train wreck. One and four. Why I like that pick as well. I almost picked that game. Uh, maybe I did. Uh-huh. I don't know. But the reason why I like this pick is Dallas is now getting their quarterback back, and you got to remember. Yeah. He sat on the sidelines for the last four or five weeks and saw uh-huh. Cooper Rush absolutely steal the show. And and, mm-hmm. and it's not like that um, Dak Prescott doesn't know why Cooper Rush did so well. He, he's vocalized why he did so well. Mm-hmm. He said, look, maybe I need to do less. You're right. Stop being the superhero. Right. Just don't turn yes. the ball over. When they need you to be Superman, you can be Superman. You don't need right. to push things because your defense is an amazing defense out there in Dallas. Right. Last nailing week. it. So I think oh, nailing it. Yeah. I, I think that Dak Prescott learned something over the last five weeks. I think he's healthy. Right. And I think Detroit is a miserable excuse for a team. So I think Dallas mm-hmm. runs in this game. Yep, and then I'm going to go with the advice of a very wise man <laughs> who once said to me that certain quarterbacks, only one in the league. Only is one. Now, only one in the league is now, what, 5-0 and nope, oh against nope, nope. the spread? We're on week seven. He is 6-0 and, oh six and oh against the spread this year. Against the spread. 6-0 and oh against the spread. Who is that guy? So I... That guy is mediocre, Marcus. Marcus mediocre. That's right for the um, I, 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 Atlanta I, Falcons. So I'm picking the spread. I'm picking the spread this time. Oh man! And I'm going to trust in the Joel. Yeah, I, I, I should that trust in the Joel. I should have jumped off this pick now. I, I re, since you are jumping on, this should have been my moment to jump off. Unfortunately, I cannot change my picks. But nonetheless, I, I, right. I, I like your thinking I, there. But since, I trust in the Joel. But also, Marcus Mediocre is actually a good quarterback. I mean, he is a good mm-hmm. dude. He's a good guy. He can run the ball. He has been a quarterback now for several years. He's been on the sidelines yep. watching things, observing things. He's a great game manager right now. And yep. so, 
six points to play with? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. I think Cincy's going to win by a by a field goal, but that's going to be me. They're going to win by 5.5. Um, five. Right. Uh, and then I'm going to pick the Chargers over the Seahawks. Chargers get, got it done for me this Monday night. It's the Seahawks, right? Geno is still figuring it out, but I think the Chargers are going to take it. Sometimes you go with your gut, and so you're going to yep. your gut there with the Chargers. Uh, though I will say, last week was an embarrassing week for them. Wow, that was a horrible game. Do you remember that game? The only they went to overtime. It's not like either team was mm-hmm. doing great. They were playing nope. horrendous. That's why they were in overtime. Yep. And did a team win the game in overtime? No, no. I think it took two possessions for both teams. Finally, uh, the Broncos could not uh, even get a first down. They punted mm-hmm. the ball. Uh, actually, no, the, the um, uh, I got the teams reversed. The Chargers no, no. had to punt the ball. And yeah. then the Broncos fumbled the punt recovery. Chargers then get the ball, lose three yards on three downs, and kicks a game-winning field goal. So they have a good kicker. You can give them credit for that. Perfect. And, I, you know, and we're going to do it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna pull it out, man. All right, my you see my number one pick there is Atlanta. I, I hey, I've, I've gotten this now. I've, I've ridden this horse now for I believe yep. five keep weeks. Cool. I got yep. I got to keep going until we lose this yep. one. I worry about until this the one. Fall off. I do worry about this one. Cincinnati is a good yep. a good team, but it's six points. I still got six points here, so I'm gonna go with it. Yep. If they ever make Atlanta the actual favorite. I might have to jump Ooh. off at that point in time. They're yeah, not that good. Completely. He just knows how to lose close games. All right, Dallas yep. over the Lions. I did pick that game. I, so you know what? You convinced me of it. I got Dallas there. I love that pick. Ravens mm-hmm. over the Browns. I got Ravens plus six and a half. What? Is that right? What? Check that. Yeah. Well, I'm going Ooh. over this. I, I might have written that down wrong. I cannot believe the Ravens. I think that should be minus six and a half. But go ahead and check that. Uh, I could not believe. Nope. That. Baltimore is Baltimore is minus six and a half over Cleveland. Baltimore is minus six and a half. All right. That's right. What, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the yes. Browns are plus six. And a so half. that is wrong. It's I'm taking them though. Minus yeah. the six and a half because yeah. I think they're an anomaly this year. I don't understand the Ravens. And so I believe right. every single game the Ravens have played this year, they have been up double digits. Yeah, think yeah. about that. Every single game they've been up. Double digits. They only have a three and three record. So they are not, yeah. they're not winning. They've lost three games with a double digit lead. I think their quarterback is, is he, they'll, they'll figure something out there. I like their coach, uh, Harbaugh. Uh, he's a good coach. And so they'll, mm-hmm. they'll figure this one out. And I just think that the Browns are that lowly. They're going to take it out on the Browns. The Steelers over yeah. Miami. Uh, again, I, um, it's just a kind of a gut feel on that one. So many points yeah. there. I couldn't pass that up. So, so many points, man. My college pick here, uh, Ellis, uh, Old Miss actually is a highly ranked team. And they were the yeah. underdogs against LSU. I had to pick them uh, in that game. But LSU is figuring things out very quickly. So that yeah, might be a, a sleeper pick. Uh, OSU. This is my gimme of the week. If, I, if you could say, Joel, put all your money on one pick, right? This week. It would be this one because let's go over my really? let's go over my rules now for picking games. Home dog, underdog. That's also very important. Yes, that, that does not apply here. Yes. Though. I wish it did. I wish that rule applied. You look for the national narrative. What is the, the what are the national people talking about? And if you believe that is wrong for whatever reason, you like mm-hmm. that game. This one, there's a national love affair for Texas. Now, where does that come from? Yeah. 
Texas has a lot of fans. I don't know why there's a lot of yeah. fans of Texas. They're, they're a horrible team. They have not won since Mac Brown's era. And, but nonetheless, they have huge fan following. And so I, why in the world would Texas be six-and-a-half-point favorites over Oklahoma State? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. And so I'm taking Oklahoma State here plus the six and a half points, and that would be my one guarantee for the week. So there you go, Chris. All right. I love that. Those are my picks for this week's debriefing of the law. And so uh, anything you have going on this week before we sign off? Uh, I am going to just relax this whole week because the weather is finally nice. Take my dog on a hike and call it a day. All right. There you go. Enjoy some more football. Play some golf. We'll be talking here shortly, and we'll see you next week. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tri. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support.